It's important to have a compelling vision and comprehensive plan. Positive leadership, conveying the idea that there's always a way forward, is so important because that is what you are here for, to figure out how to move the organization forward. Alan Mulali. Welcome to the Instinctive Influencers Podcast, a show where influence becomes one of your tools for success. Now, here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Ed Haley. Hi, I'm Brian. I'm Ed. And this is the Instinctive Influencers Podcast. Ed, I got a question for you. Yes. What would you do if you could see the future? Gamble. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, wow. Um, no, ser- no, seriously. Um, you know, I, I, I think, well, when we get it later, a little bit later on in the show, we'll be able to uh, kind of figure this out. But what I'm getting at was, is, you know, if you had a chance to see the future, see what the future had for you, what would, do you think you would do with that? I would use it. Uh, I can tell you, honestly, I would probably use it to my advantage for planning. So, you know, I'm at the twilight of my career. So if I can see forward four years and see, okay, I'm going to retire because whatever, I didn't get promoted or whatever it is, then I can use that knowledge, that vision, the the idea of what's coming forward to help me plan uh, and and be ready for that time. Yeah. So basically kind of, or you could probably even tailor things to, to kind of mesh in a direction you want to go. Like say, if you did see something you didn't like in the future, you could kind of Say, you know what? Let me shift gears. I want to kind of go this direction. Yeah, yeah. You can improve your situation in the future by the decisions that you make uh, now. Absolutely. You know, and and it would be nice to be able to see the future, but obviously we don't have that. But what we can do is we can we can imagine the future. We can kind of come up with an idea of what we like the future to be. And we can't live in the future just like we can't live in the past. We can only live in the present, and then you know as things may, they, they happen as they may. So, but today, today's show, today's show in general is, is, it's dealing with that in a sense, but it's, it's, it's called building and developing your influencer vision and a vision. We've talked about it already. We've already discussed kind of, uh, during, you know, through the gift method, that, that episode, and, and we kind of detailed it slightly, but we want to go a little bit deeper in, a, in what vision was and how you actually go about it. Um, but with it, it's going to help, you know, us as influencers to, you know, first start by building this vision that we want the future to be like, and then to basically implement it or, or deploy it, so to speak. So that way it, it takes form and it starts rolling. Uh, before we get too deep into it, what are your thoughts on it, Ed? So, you know, I'm thinking about what you're saying and, you know, in the military, we, we, we backwards plan. And if I understand what my vision is, let's say five years out, I know where I want to be. Um, you know, that lets me backwards plan. How am I going to get there? So in five years, let's see, <laughs> in five years, I want to be retired on a boat scalloping somewhere in the Gulf uh, around the Panama City area. So. How do I get there? Well, I need to clear my debt. Like I can back up. Like I need to make sure I don't have any debt because I got to get that boat, which is going to be my new debt and da, da, da. I got to think about where am I going to live? Where am I going to work? So these are backwards planning pieces. And then you just set your like trip wires or your benchmarks. I need to be here in a year. I need to be here in two years. And 
that vision allows you to do that kind of planning. Yeah, you, you literally just went through many of the steps we're going to talk about today in a short, in a very <laughs> short manner. So I, I uh, sorry, I, I applaud you, my man. <laughs> All right. So let's we're going to jump into it. Um, we'll start right off the bat. Number one, project five to 10 years in the future. Let me read this quick quote, uh, quote by Simon Sinek, and then we'll go from there. Vision is a destination a fixed point to which we focus all effort. Strategy is a route, an adaptable path to get us where we want to go. So we think about this, five to 10 years out, where I want to be five to 10 years out. And it could be a little bit further. It could be a little sooner. It just depends upon like where we want to be. Um, for instance, let's just take the show for instance, right? We, when we set course on this show, we had a general idea where we wanted to go with it. As time has come by, we've actually kind of developed that to say, okay, well, after the first year, we would like to be able to reach this many listeners uh, to be able to, you know, basically for our reach. Um, And we've kind of developed it to a, a point where it's like, all right, we want this movement of being an influencer to take this form. Hence, they and you know we had the give method you know that that's a that's a one way to be able to help uh you know we're going to talk about it later but using concise jargon and lang- concise language not jargon to kind of shift our way there so this uh, we think about projecting 5 to 10 years in the future how hard, do you think that's pretty hard to do i'm going to argue that maybe the 10 and it all depends on what you're talking about too right like so when you come into the to what we do in the military you could say, hey, I'm going to retire. So you're really thinking 20 years out at that point, right? That's your vision is retirement. Um, some things that might be a little bit more difficult to to plan, like the, at our point in the career. So we want to say, hey, in five years, we're going to retire. But promotions happen, positions happen. Maybe they offer you something you just can't say no to. And now you're not retiring in five, you're retiring in 10. So there's some variables in there for sure that could change this i lean more towards kind of what's my five-year plan i feel like that bread that somewhere so what's my five-year plan is more for me 10 is just a bit too far in my opinion and it may not be it was in a and i like the quote <laughs> i like what? the simon cynic thing though so basically my five-year plan that's my vision and my strategy is how i'm gonna get there i, I think that's excellent uh yeah I, I think the quote really comes together very easy I think it just, I think you're right. It depends upon what it is that the vision is for, for the five to 10. Because, for instance, um, I, I just hit the big 4 0 not too long ago uh, to say at in 10 years, oh, in 10 years at 50, let's say I'm, I'm trying to seek, my vision is to seek a certain physical aspect. Well, in 10 years, my body's not going to be, I mean, just, it's not going to be what it was 10 years prior because as we age, obviously, yeah, we can try to push it as hard as we can, but you know, the body starts uh, slowing down and doesn't, it doesn't allow you to do as much as you want to be able to do sometimes. I mean, you can keep pushing, you keep trying. I mean, there's no, there's, I'm believe me, I've seen plenty of uh, videos and pictures of people who are in their seventies and eighties online that are able they're physically capable. It's just, it takes a little more effort, a little more, you know, little more uh, drive just there's a lot of different things so I mean there's to me there's there's a different mindset you have to take depending upon what it is 
your vision is being driven towards if it's five or 10 years. A five-year vision uh, for a company to me is almost not enough unless you're just starting off Uh, because in five years, you're really just now starting having to pay taxes on, let's just say, for instance, you're you're just now having to really pay taxes on uh, anything that you know, that you're, you're bringing in, you know, you can't claim most of it off of the tech because, you know, with the tax laws and things like that, you know, just, I mean, that idea, that's where I'm going at with it. As a company, I would think, all right, we need a, we need a 10 year plan. We need to look 10 years out to see, Hey, this is where we want the company to be in 10 years. Now, can you incorporate a five-year plan? Absolutely. I, I definitely believe so. Yeah. That's what I was saying. Like, I think, so it, when you talk about company, right? Like we got our 10 year plan, but what are our benchmarks we want to be at at five years that lead to the 10 years? So our strategy benchmark at five years that will get us to our 10 year plan. So yeah, you're a hundred percent correct with that. That's a really good example. So to give you all of you a secret, a little bit of secret, don't tell anybody this. Okay. Out there Shh. listeners. So the, 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 the five-year plan was to make this show popular among listeners. The 10 year plan for the show was actually to have a consulting an actual consulting group to help others become better with an organization. If we make it, we make it. If we don't, we don't, you know, I don't know how much Ed is into doing that, but I know that's what my goal was to be. (laughs) So, um, but let's, let's look at it this way. When we're doing this, we have to go to the next step and it's dream big and focus on success. So we have to dream big and then focus on the success side. We can't dwell upon like the, the negatives or the failures. The failures, obviously, are stepping stones to success. Um, for people to be truly inspired, the vision needs to be big. Uh, it needs to be something that seems challenging uh, so that it will call your team to draw on their best selves to be able to achieve it. Um, so if, let's say, for instance, if it's something small and they can achieve it in no time whatsoever, well, really, was that something big or was that just a stepping stone for the something big? And that's that's why the vision needs to be much more grander than just a small, um, just a small task. What do you think about dreaming big and focused? So I, I agree. I do think it should be dreaming big, but we got to be realistic, too. Right. Like my 10 year plan can't be to be a billionaire. So you still got to keep it in the realm of realism. Millionaire. And I, Okay, millionaire. Well, I mean, maybe I, I'd like to think that <laughs> that would be my 10 year plan. But uh, <laughs> yeah, if you keep it realistic, but those other ones, those other little steps, you got to have those little again, those little small, you know, uh, benchmarks or whatever. So when I used to do a lot of running before my injury, they teach that's one of the things I think I've talked about it on here before. Even when you cycle, you don't say, hey, I'm going out and running 50 miles today. All right. That, or you do, you can, that, that's your big goal, but you don't get on the bike, start pedaling and go, all right, just got to get to 50 miles. All right. It gets overwhelming after a while. Trust me to be on that bike that long. What you do is you look and you say, all right, uh, let's see how fast I can ride this first mile. And all right, I did this time. Cause I'm a stats guy. I love stats for some reason. So if I did the first mile in this time, all right, let's see if I can top it on my second mile. And then you got to also be aware to coast back a little bit so you don't burn out before you get to 50. But those small successes build to the big success. You have to have those small wins because it could get daunting and it can get uh, discouraging over time. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's, and that's part of it is like, how do you make it big enough to be a big success, but not too crazy big to where it turns into like that? Oh no, we're never going to make this. Why did I even say doing that? Now we're, we're cutting ourselves short, you know? Um, didn't you, uh, when we were messaging back and forth, I don't know if that's now we should talk about it now or later, but you mentioned something about that group think. Uh, I did, and I actually had a place to plug it into the show in, 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 in a little while. Then. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. I yeah. just want to make sure because <laughs> you know, what you said, it, it like it automatically came up right there too. You know, I'm thinking, wow, you know, it's how we plan things together. And, and even between you and I, like we, we do, we do a lot of, sh- I, I guess, short-term planning with the show, not like massive long-term, but we do have a sort of long-term plan. That thus being, we do at least uh, one show per week for a full year. So we have over, we're going to have over 52 because how we release some early, you know, a couple at a time in the very beginning. But I mean, that's like a long term. Yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, we really, in fairness, we do some, we do some long-term planning too, because we've talked about some other ideas to float for the future. So we have done some long-term planning. Maybe it isn't the main thing we do, but we have done some long-term planning. Yeah. And, and that's, and, but that's the whole point is it's like, we have a general idea of what we like to achieve. So maybe as an influencer, um, and it just really depends upon where you're trying to be an influencer. Are you trying to do this within the home? You're trying to do this uh, within the community, maybe within whatever religious organization you're part of, or whatever, whatever work organization you're part of, whether it be military, civilian, whatever it, it really depends upon that. Like for instance, let's just, let's, let's just dive back real quick. Uh, army wise, right? If we're trying to do a long-term plan in the army, normally those are, we like to consider those like capstone events, right? A capstone event is something that allows us to basically uh, say, okay, we can achieve this type of mission because all those different little things all the way up through, we were able to hit them. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. It's cumulative. Um, but no, you know, for instance, when we, but when we talk about that, you know, even let's say somebody who's working in um, a marketing organization, well, they have a long-term goals, a big time long-term goal. Like we want to win this account from this, this type of organization because we want to represent them as a marketing firm. Or let's say, um, let's say it's a, I don't know, a construction company, Right. They, they primarily work in residential construction, but they really want to break into some more industrial type stuff because they would like to, you know, kind of uh, increase maybe their net value or, or their capabilities or just even how many people they can employ, whatever it is, you know. So it's, it's setting those goals and saying, okay, well, we want to be able to reach this by this time, you know, and, and it needs to be kind of big, you know. I mean, if you're... If you're, let's, I mean, and I'm not, I'm not a construction uh, expert. I understand the general of it, but if you're somebody who just does residential homes, you know, it might be pretty daunting to take on a big industrial construction. You know, uh, I mean, there, there might be a lot of different things. Uh, uh, there definitely are a lot of different things that, that uh, are much different from how you, you know, deal with the building side of just a home versus the building side of a factory, you know? I mean, so it's looking at those things and saying, you know, Hey, can we achieve that? You know, is that big picture? So, 
Um, but with that, you also have to be able to kind of, you have to be able to uh, communicate it. You have to be, commu- be able to communicate clear and concise, try to be jargon-free language. Um, it's, it's almost like um, telling something how they're going to be motivated and motivated at the same time to do it, right? Uh, I've got some, we got some examples here. You want to read any of those examples? Sure. We'll start with, so Habitat for Humanity. A world where everyone has a decent place to live. Disney, to make people happy. <laughs> oh, I really miss this place. We do not have this place in Germany. I'm very upset about that. Cold Stone Creamery, the ultimate ice cream experience. And a uh, big shout out to my sister-in-law, Tina, for introducing me to Cold Stone. Microsoft, empower people through great software anytime, any place, and any device. Southwest Air to become the world's most loved, most flown, and most profitable airline. And Ted, spread ideas. And then the other one that I want to present, the lives of America's veterans by connecting them to their community through physical and social activity. And we've talked about them before, and that's why I kind of wanted to mention them. But these are all great examples of vision statements. And that's what it is. It's basically, but it, if you listen to each one of those types of statements, it really explains what they are and what they're trying to do or where they're trying to go. You know, I mean, I, I've worked on Habitat. Have you ever worked on a Habitat for Humanity house before, Ed? I honestly, I have not. I had an opportunity and I think something came up because th- so in that community where we were at in the Clarksville, Tennessee region, Habitat for Humanity actually used to partner up with Team Red, White, and Blue and do stuff together. Um, and I had the opportunity, like I said, I think I had duty or something. Something came up and I wasn't able to. But I've always wanted to uh, go out there because I just feel like the um, the fulfillment, man, must be amazing from completing a project and knowing now somebody's going to get to live in this place. Yeah. No, and so I've, 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 I've been fortunate enough to work on two different Habitat Humanity homes um, in the past. And I would tell you it's an experience. Um, it's all, and they're always volunteer pretty much. Now, so, so a lot of people who work on these Habitat Humanity homes, they, they're just volunteer. So they're helping. So when you read, when you read their, their vision statement, or, and it's very simple, a world where everyone has a decent place to live. It's, it doesn't say an uh, organization who gets other people to build houses. They're just, they're just trying to basically state, hey, listen, we want people to have a place to live. You know? um, and I've, I've flown Southwest Airlines multiple times, um, and you, you've probably done it yourself. And listeners out there, they've probably listened to them. And they, noticed, they probably noticed there's a, there's a big difference between Southwest than a lot of the other big uh airlines just their attitudes in general they i i mean they just seem happier i don't know why um and simon Sinek talks about that too to tell you the truth uh but there's to become the world's most loved most flown and most profitable airlines now they even tell you in there they want to be profitable you know what i mean like they're not covering it up they're not like oh we want you to feel so wonderful and then really they're they really just want to be profitable. They're telling you, hey, they want to be loved. They want to be flown by a lot of people and they want to earn profit because of those things, right? So it's just being truthful up front. Um, Ted, Ted Talks. Uh, I, I listen to Ted Talks a lot. 
I love listening to TED Talks. Some of the ideas that I may get or that I may interject at times may be from something from a TED Talks, and it just says spread ideas. That's exactly what they do. I actually just watched I just watched a TED Talk last week. They were talking about uh, uh, somebody who wasn't receiving credit for the creation of our favorite superhero, Batman. And there was a TED Talk on because there's a guy that took up the mantle to get this guy his credit, and there's a TED Talk on that. Wow. I did not know that. I'll have to, uh, I'll just scope that out, man. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so what, let's <laughs> it, think about what, what's a good just, uh, Ted talk and then look for bill finger. Oh, wait, I saw the, um, I know exactly what you're talking about. That was, uh, there was a, uh, documentary about that. Yep. I just watched it, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty good. Rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> so when, when we think about it though, I mean, let's, let's look at, you know, how, how does this really affect, um, let's say the instinctive influencers brand in a sense, you know, good, clear, concise, jargon, free language. We want to inspire others to be better influencers. I mean, that's not, that's not our set mission or vision statement yet. But um, if you think about it, that's really what we're about. We want to inspire. So we're wanting to inspire people to become influencers and we do it through, you know, each one of these episodes, finding different topics to talk about and to kind of to broaden people's knowledge on. I mean, I, what, what what are you thinking? Yeah, I think it's so the one thing I think you and I do, I think we do a fairly decent job at is that jargon free. So in your mission statement or your vision statement, you got to have be jargon free because, I mean, honestly, with the military and all our experience, we could be all over the place and people had no idea what we're talking about between jargons and acronyms. Uh, it could really distract. It could distract from the mission statement because they're like, I have no idea what these guys are trying to talk about. And if you look at all the examples we provided, they're all clear and concise. I mean, Ted, you really spread ideas. Like two words, spread ideas. But I know, hmm, spread ideas. Okay, I kind of got the idea of what they want to do. Uh, think about Disney, to make people happy. Really straight to the point. So those are important things that jargon free in your vision. And when you have a vision statement, uh, it's important to be, I think clear and concise is super important. Oh yeah. I, I would definitely, I have to agree with you on that, that it is, it's, it's super important that being clear and concise, clear and concise, not the, you know, that I mentioned earlier about, you know, the, the, the Southwest airline, Southwest airlines, and they talked about, you know, profitable airline. That's the last thing, most profitable airline. That's the most, the last thing in their, in their statement, they were clear and concise. They're telling people what they expect. Uh, and to tell you the truth, uh, I think, I think what we've, as a society, we've kind of allowed ourselves to be wrapped around like these, uh, these just, jargon filled um statements of hope that basically they go as far as a lead baseball you know it just it doesn't matter so um but let's let's travel further on on this all right infuse it with passion and make it inspiring so we talk about we talked about dreaming big and we you know you know five to ten years planned out and clear and concise language but we have to infuse it with some type of passion and make it inspiring. If you love it, you will work hard for it. But if everyone else loves it, you create it a force multiplier to reach that goal. It's, it, 
I mean, right there, that that almost sounds like a, a a vision statement itself, wouldn't you think, Ed? It's very close. Yeah, I mean, uh, when I read this, I'm thinking like, so this is us. This is influencing. If I love what I'm doing or love the you know whatever we're working on, then those around me, it's infectious, right? My team is gonna fall in line. Well you know, Ed is passionate about this for a reason. And if I have that good leadership capital with my team, they're going to be like, well, if he's passionate about it, it must be important. Uh, and it, that creates that buy-in. Oh, and a lot of it too, it goes along with, um, you can help somebody become inspired by something by giving them a portion of it. Um, creating an ownership that we talked mm. about by giving them a stake in it. So, I mean, you don't have to like be like, all right, well, since you're working here, you automatically get so many shares of this company and blah, blah, blah. No, but what we're saying is, is if, if you say this is my task and it is my job to develop it, this is the end state I want from it. Are you saying I have like all kinds of creativity that I can, I can put in this and I can do this and this and all this? Hey, it's your task. I just want it done. I mean, to me, whenever somebody would tell me this is what I need done, make it happen. That's like the one time I'm usually the happiest because I'm not being told what to do step by step and then criticize every time I didn't do it correctly step by step. Ed, you felt that way before, haven't you? Decentralized command. Let me do it. I don't need you to tell me to put the key in the door, turn the door, turn the key to the right, pull on the door hand. I don't, I, I can, I can do that myself. So you don't need that, uh, that step-by-step instruction, unless you've just never done something. And then it's just, that's just a matter of me checking my ego and saying, Hey, Brian, I have never done this. Can you just walk me through the process? Oh yeah. And on top of that, so we, we've, we've probably, we've discussed it before in episodes about, um, about a commander's intent. Well, we can, we can just call it influencers intent, right? So what is the intent behind this task that you're giving me? Well, this is the intent, but we don't leave it at that. The way you make things passionate and inspiring is every once in a while, hey, how are things going? They tell you, they tell you about it. You as an inspire should be able to regurgitate some of it, as in, you know, yeah, I'm receiving this, I see what you're doing, and then be able to add, add things like, you know, praise, um, use words of affirmation, positive affirmation, and then questioning, well, where do you think it, where do you see this going? So what Al you done, what you've done is you're infusing that passion because you're accepting what they're doing. Now, when you're asking them, where do you think this is going or where do you think you're going to go with this? You just started their vision. They just created a vi- Now they're going to create a vision for you off of your vision. So uh, to me, that's, I mean, that's probably one of the inspiring, inspiring things about working for somebody who uh, wants you to be involved in, in the task, the mission, whatever it is. They they basically just allow you to do the same thing they just did. Yeah, you want it, like I said, you still you want the buy in, um, and especially in a group, you know, group think. So we were talking, you mentioned group think earlier, but if I don't have that passion and I lose somebody in my groups who's like, well, he doesn't care, so why should I care? And then they start mumbling, you know, at the water cooler in the break room. And they could be damaging my what I'm trying, what my vision is. Uh, through that, they could have that kind of an impact and, and just spread it. So, 
Um, that's why it's really important that, you know, you, if you're passionate about something, others will see it and they're going to share in your passion. Oh yeah. It's, I mean, to me, that, that right there is, I mean, you, you're, you're talking about, um, if, if you allow that, uh, to, I guess you could say that, that seed, that seed of doubt, there's a, you know, that seed of mm-hmm. manipulation or that seed of just animosity, if you allow it to germinate and then start growing, it will take that whole passion inspiration and turn it inside out. And it won't turn it inside. It won't turn the passion inspiration inside. Now they'll have a passion inspiration to see something fail. I've seen that before too. Um, people who have that attitude of, well, I don't know why we do it this way. That's just going to fail. Or, or that doesn't make sense. I don't like how that's done. Well, that right there that will turn into animosity. That will turn into a seed of failure. Oh, no, it completely makes sense because when you're in a group setting, like that, so basically groupthink is a term that was, it was coined by Irving Janus in, in the 70s. And if you let that seed of doubt be planted by somebody in that group, it's going to spread and it's going to have the wrong influence, the influence you don't want. And then it's going to be hard to bring it back. But you, as the lead on that project, you as the influencer, uh, as the supervisor, you have to be able to recognize the possibility of groupthink. You have to be able to recognize the type of people or types of groupthink that are out there um, that could have that kind of an impact and just some little simple things, too. And so it doesn't have to be that person with the negative attitude. But what about Ed, who, who says, OK, I understand the vision. And they think, well, what about this? They could make it better, but they keep it to themselves because they don't want to ruffle anybody's feathers in the groups. That's still group thing. Yep. It's not just a guy going, Brian doesn't know what he's talking about. This is stupid. There's other different types. So I would encourage you, um, if you haven't studied group thinking, maybe one day we'll just do an episode just on group think because I think it's that important to me uh, to understand it. And and, and and to mitigate it, you really have to have a shared understanding of your vision. You have to understand who the strong person is. So a leader doesn't always have the most rank. A leader is not always the most senior person. There could be a strong personality in your team or group that could, if you lose them, you lose the group. But if you get them to share your vision, they buy in, that person is going to be your leader on the ground, the leader within the team. And then that helps your vision, uh, you know, to be carried out. So you have to recognize that too. You got to recognize who is that strong personality? Because if you think about it, right, Brian, where you and I are sitting around with a group of guys, and we're like, Hey, let's all go to lunch. Okay. Where do you want to go? And there, nobody says anything. And then one guy speaks up and says, Hey, let's go to mission barbecue. That guy's the leader. That's the, that's the guy who's not afraid to ruffle feathers. He's the one that's like, okay, nobody's going to say anything. Let me be the first. Uh, if you go to an event where there's an open buffet, what happens? What happens when they first say, okay, food is ready. Nobody moves. Yep. Wait they're all they're waiting ready. for that first person. Mm-hmm. Huh? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're yeah. waiting for that first person. Yeah. They're waiting for that leader to say, okay, I'm going to bite the bullet. Let me go up here and I'll make the first plate. Once that person goes to the buffet and makes their plate, then you start seeing everybody get up. So you got to recognize who that person is in your group as well as an influencer and a supervisor, because that person 
can help spread your vision in a positive manner. Yeah. Um, it's funny you brought up that informal type leader. That's what it, that's what um, an old platoon star of mine by Hartley Paul was his name. Um, he used to talk about, uh, it was early on, but he talked about informal leaders. So you have the formal leaders and you have the informal leaders. You have those who are put in the, they're actually put in a leadership position. Um, and obviously, you know, some people are very good at it and some people aren't. But then you also have those who are natural. They're just some type of natural leader of sorts. And they're not in a position, so they're really an informal leader. So they don't really have like a, um, a title, which titles mean nothing really about being a leader to, to, to me in my general idea of things. But they're able to sway decisions. They're able to kind of help develop things. And the sooner you're able to, one, recognize who that person is within your group because it may be that they just happen to have some clout with the people there because they've been there a little, maybe longer than you or, you know, you know whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, being able to recognize them, that's what's key. Uh because once you once you've got that person on board, normally you're going to get the other so you're going to about seventy five percent on board from there, and then it just turns into all right. So where's the other twenty five percent that I need to get you know roll, the ball rolling? Um, with that informal leader, they normally because uh, you're going to have followers. Uh, not everyone's a leader. You do have followers. Normally, they're going to get those followers in line. It's it's weird how it works. I've seen it done multiple times. You can you can just you can feel it in a room. You, you, you once you start talking to groups of people, you start okay. Well, that's an informal leader there. That person there is a follower. That person is the actual formal leader, but they don't have they have no control over the situation because this person over here, and you you start realizing okay, I understand. Um, I mean that was man, we really went on a tangent with that, but um, <laughs> <laughs> so. It's getting, you know, that passion, infusing, you know, the passion and then helping them become inspired to, you know, work towards that vision. Uh, Let's go a little bit further. You need to be able to align it, your vision, align your vision with organizational, personal, community values and set goals. Uh, So the values, man, that's that's a that's a critical piece. So I'm going to read this what I that I typed out. Uh, depending upon the reach you are striving for will be critical to who you actually influence. Values and goals have a deeply rooted hold upon people. And if you are able to tie into those values and create clear goals, then the buy-in will create overwhelming ownership. So let's think about it, man. So if our goal, you, you, let's just say you and Ed, Ed and I, the two of us, our values we don't believe in lying in people or stealing from people or cheating people out of money, right? If we, if we made our entire vision about instinctive influencers where we, were, we will not lie to people, we will not steal money from people, and we won't try to cheat people out of anything, I think we would both definitely have the same sort of buy-in to it and really be able to kind of help others become influencers and, and part of the group and part of the organization, because I mean, those are those are solid foundational things. What are you thinking, Ed? Yeah, the and the foundation is important because you're going to build upon that foundation. If we have a foundation based off of you know those things, 
then that I think that's a solid foundation for us to keep moving forward. Absolutely. You know, and, and with that though, so when you build, you build off of the values of the group. Now, does, does that mean that I, all my values are Ed's values or all his values are mine? No, that does not mean that. But what we need to do is we need to find that common value, those common values that we both own. I mean, that could be as simple as doing just what Ed was talking about earlier about some group think type stuff. Um, especially if it's like, let's just say you're, you become a, a project manager, right? And you took over this new crew or you took over this crew that you've known for a while. Um, and you're trying to kind of, you know, lay the groundwork for the vision of whatever this project is. Well, a good way to start is, you know, just introductions and um, basically, uh, you know, maybe doing some group think on common values that you have. And then once you start noticing that there's a, there's a certain, there's certain ones there that are key to everyone. You take, those should be the core values of that, or that, that group, that organization, whatever, and also of that vision that you got. So does that make, does that sound about right to you, Ed? Yeah. I mean, I, it, so the core values and you got to understand everybody's values may not be the same because they, kind of come from how we're raised and stuff too. So uh, yeah, that's where the flexibility as a influencer uh, really comes into play as well. But um, again, once you have a basis, I think you're, you're on solid ground. No, exactly. And that's why, and that's that right there is why you, you want to use those values to create goals. All right. So if I have a certain values of integrity and uh, you know, not stealing money from people, well, if those are, if those are my, I mean, obviously you don't state it in such a manner, but, um, integrity, let's just say that's the core value of us, you know, is to be truthful to everyone. Um, if we can set goals, uh, for the vision off of our integrity, we're normally going to always fall back on that, that foundation. We're always going to fall back on those com that common value, um, when the times get tough and we start losing track of our vision or we start losing, you know, direction. All right, so here's a few tips to keep in mind as you're setting some goals, though, tracking progress uh, that's relative to the, the, the uh, values. First, make sure the goals are aligned with the vision. You can't have, like, so for instance, you can't have our goal is to reach um, 1,000 listeners a month, and our vision is to see how much... Um, how many times we can get likes on Facebook. All right. So can it associate? Possibly. It depends upon how we went about it. But, you know, we have to have, if our vision is to, you know, reach, and it's in our vision, should be our goal is to reach a thousand listeners per month, then our vision needs to be associated with it. Well, why are we wanting to reach a thousand listeners per month? Oh, it's because we want to inspire others to become better influencers. So that's why, and the more numbers allow, enables us to inspire others to become better influencers. But that's the whole thing. You have to have good goals that align to that vision. Uh, if, you're, if you notice your team straying away from your main vision, then uh, when setting those goals, then you need to bring them back to the vision. So, you know, it's paying attention to what those goals are. What do you got about some of the goals? 
So think back to the very beginning when we first started talking about this. So we got our vision and then the goals are the strategy is, is part of the strategy to get us to, to achieve our vision. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> just making sure I wasn't wrong, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, you got your vision, you got your goals. Goals are going to get us to make sure that we're living our vision and achieving our vision uh, for five to 10 years down the road. Yeah, it's because it's, it's, it could be really easy to set goals that don't help you achieve that vision, right? I mean, it could be it could be something really simple. Um, let, you know, our vision is, and that, like once again, we could say our vision is to inspire others to be better influencers. But we set a goal that you and I want to make sure that we we really uh, we reach a thousand miles of of riding this month. That has nothing to do with that vision. Right. You know, I mean, that's obviously <laughs> that's, that's a personal goal that you and I may have, but that has nothing to do with it. And so now you have to go back to the drama. Hey, I think you missed the mark here. Let's let's go back and look at what the vision was so we can set these goals. And this is all part of that idea of how you deploy it. All right. I, mean, I should have mentioned that earlier. I don't know why I missed it, but basically <laughs> this is all on how you deploy it. Um, another one. Remind your team about the vision on a regular basis. You should be communicating it so often that everyone knows it by heart. For the vision to be useful, people have to actually know it. If you think you're saying it too much, then you're not saying it enough. I've heard that somewhere, and I don't remember where. Um, that, that actually may have been one of my uh, classes that I've taken before. But <laughs> if, you, if you think you're saying it too much, it might be that you're not saying it enough. Because you're noticing how much you say it, right? So that's that's key. What that that means is that's it's just reinforcement. How are you reinforcing what you've presented? You know, they're they're also obviously setting goals that align to the vision through values, but you also have to make sure that there's they're on that pathway by constantly restating it. Now, it's not like you walk up to a group of people and you just say the vision and walk away. Instead. <laughs> so random. <laughs> yeah, it's out of the blue. Hey, how are you doing? Hey, we're going we're gonna to inspire people to influence them. All right, have a good day and walk away. No. In, <laughs> instead, we had to think of it this way, right? So the next time you have a meeting, you know, and, and it's funny. I, so our, uh, our commanding general here, it's funny how, how he how he pokes and prods his initiatives into a conversation. I sat during a brief not too long ago and um, it was just, I found it uh, kind of amusing at the same time, but also inspiring at the same time. I don't know how, I mean, uh, some people would be like, how does it amusing and inspiring? Well, I thought it was funny because I was listening to him so well that I was catching what he was doing and he was using Mm -hmm. the right words at the right time to get people to sh- literally shake their heads up and down, yes, to the statements he was making. And I was like, oh, my goodness. He literally just, he was getting buy-in. And it wasn't, it wasn't that he was saying, are you, do you agree? No. They were just shaking their head because they, are, they were buying into it in agreement for what he was saying. So it was just, I would definitely tell you how you go about it. So let's say, for instance, let's just say there's a meeting, right? Um, and you're in this meeting of people. And let's say it's with a community organization, right? And you're, you're doing some volunteer work. Okay. 
and the desire and the vision is to maybe uh, approach more homeless people or more people who uh, are without homes and that are hungry to get them to come to this, this uh, maybe a soup kitchen or, or, or a feeding shelter or whatever it is that you may have to get more people to come so you can ensure that they are fed. But you're having a meeting about it with the, the volunteer staff. Now, they're going to have a passion in, in the beginning. That's a given, all right? Because who wants, who wouldn't want to feed the homeless, right? Or who wouldn't want to feed children that they know don't have food? But after a while, the work is going to be tough. They're going to seem like they're being used or they're being rejected. And I speak of this because I went through something like this myself personally, all right? Um, but to re in, you know to re-engage them constantly and say listen this is for, this is to feed them this is to make sure that they have the nourishment and it's to open our to open our doors to them and you know and our, our hearts and you're constantly re-engaging that and if i'm reminded that i'm going to open my heart to someone or my doors to someone to feed them i'm most likely going to continue on down that path that vision that i'd set off on months ago or a year ago or whatever, you know, but if no one's reminding me of that, I may be asking myself, why am I doing this? Why am I still doing this? What's, what's the deal? What What's the purpose? So I thought about, you know, um, I've been to places where they actually had the mission statement posted like right out front, like the vision, I mean, of the organization, they may have it right in big bold letters. Some of these groups that we read, I mean, they put it in advertisements and, you know, uh, Cold Stone Creamery, you go in there and it's it's on the wall. And the reason they're doing that is to get that statement out there. And then it's still a reminder. So as an employee, I walk in, that Cold Stone Creamery sign is still there. And it still says, and I'm focusing on Cold Stone because, man, I really missed that. I think I said that earlier. Um, but you see the ultimate ice cream experience and you come in and it reminds the the team of what the vision is for our organization just by that reinforcement and just because you've been there for six months, however long you've been working there, that doesn't mean you don't notice it anymore. You may think you don't notice it, but you still, you recognize that. So I think that's a good thing. You can do stuff like, you you know, a a website could have the vision statement. The uh, Facebook page could have the vision statement right up front. And it serves as a reminder, not just to the team, but to the people that we are trying to, uh, provide a service to or whatever it's right up front and i think that's just a a good way to reinforce what the vision is yeah you know it's funny that you say that too because i think about it i think about that same piece of the the ultimate ice cream experience and Mm. i've been to cold stone creamery myself it is kind of an experience because it's like it's it almost feels i mean no and it really is they're personalizing your ice cream for you and building it right there for you, you know, and it, I mean, it is the ultimate experience because the fact that they're, they're scooping out so much ice cream and then they're putting it on this, this, uh, slab, this cold slab. Mm. Um, and then like you say, all right, I throw some of those chocolate chips in there and I want some cherries in it. And I want, um, I want some of that caramel pieces in there. And then they start mixing it all together and they serving it up and you know you say you know what i want it in one of those waffle bowls hey and I, yeah put some whipped cream on top of the cherry mm. you're yeah, yeah so you're you're i got a vision you, <laughs> <laughs> but 
it you know what they're doing though is I mean they are they are personalizing and they're making it ultimate for me at that time at that point in time that empl- that employee who's who's is servicing me as an individual by by preparing this thing that I've I've requested and you know it's just and it makes you enjoy it even more you know um and by the way even if you didn't get all that other stuff their ice cream is just phenomenal so I mean, and then but, if you show your gratitude and drop a tip they're gonna sing <laughs> that's that's like the highlight i i sit in there and sing along with them actually tip 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 <laughs> name another ice cream place that sings to you when they give you your ice cream and you show your gratitude with a tip i, I mean i i don't know any others because <laughs> it's the ultimate ice cream experience yeah but <laughs> for the vision to be useful people have to actually know it right yep absolutely and what's what the crazy thing is is it's not just okay so the vision is not just for the employees or the people are working for that organization or whatever it is that you're a part of. It's also for the customer or the recipient too, because they know what to expect. You know, like I know, I now know what to expect of cold strong creamery. It better be ultimate. Yes. <laughs> ultimate. Here's the next piece. Have your team members break down the larger goals into smaller time limited objectives and provide help if needed. Uh, this will help to keep them on task and moving forward appropriately. So what we're we're saying is, is there may be a larger goal. There need to be smaller goals, all right, to associate to that larger goal. I think earlier we earlier we just talked about it that you know it it has to be a big dream big type focus on the success, but. At some point, we got to break it up into pieces so that way it's a stepping stone. It's not zero to 100 in seconds type thing. It's yeah, going to so, take time for it to build. Yeah, like I, I used the bike uh, analogy earlier, but like, so if you, I'm going to run my fastest, uh, I'm going to run my fastest two mile run ever for the Army physical fitness test. Okay, but you want to know what's your first mile lap, what's your second, and then you can figure out, okay, I need to pick it up. or So you're looking at your GPS watch, and th- you got that small goal. Okay, to, to run that two miles in the fastest time possible and beat my personal record, I need to run my first mile in this time. And then when you hit that first mile, you look and say, okay, I'm right on pace. So it helps you get to that bigger goal at the end, by understanding what the smaller objectives are. I mean, you could break it down into quarter miles or whatever. Again, I'm a stats guy, so. <laughs> yeah. But the overall vision, once again, was to run your fastest time. Yep. Yeah. So that's and the overall you, vision. Yeah, your overall vision, run that fastest time, and then you just bust it up. And that's exactly how it works is you maybe you do a quarter mile at a time. Yeah. Oh, I'm behind on this quarter mile. That means I need to run this next quarter mile a little bit faster to make up time. Like. It helps you get to that vision because I want to meet my vision. I want to run a 13-12. And in order to do that, I know I need to run these times. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yep. So create systems that enable everyone to keep track of your goals and progress. This contributes to a sense of accountability around the goals that have been set. I can't stress this enough. If you have a goal towards a vision, 
you have to, you have to, have to, have to track it. Because how do you know if they're doing well or not? Yes. How do you know you're on course? How do you know? You have to, that right there, that is key for the influencer, the leader, the manager, whoever it is. That is where it's key. You have to be the one that tracks that. Don't expect them to constantly track it for you and then report to you on all that progress. Now, it depends upon what it is, too. Maybe they're, maybe they're tracking it because they're trying to do their own little goals. But you also have to be able to congratulate them on the successes as they approach them. If you are able to do that, that, incre- that increases motivation. That increases their ownership, their buy-in, because it's like, oh, wow, you really noticed. I mean, I don't know how many times it was nice to just somebody to say, hey, thank you for doing such. I'm glad to see that you, you know, you did X, Y, and Z. It's just, I don't know. I mean, how, how, how do you feel about that, Ed? Well, first of all, I'm going to tell you that uh, you should go to the website from the Green Notebook and read Leadership Lessons My Parents Taught Me because that's what you're talking about is showing gratitude and telling me why you're thankful. So that's, that's a good one. Um, anybody, the listeners are probably seeing, have you ever been somewhere, Brian, you see that big thermometer and they color it in as they reach certain goals, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. So that, isn't that just exactly what we're talking about? I think Walmart, I've seen it in there before and it may be like, you know, raise money for whatever the local charity is that Walmart is supporting. And you'll see it in the increments of like a hundred bucks. All right. So those are our small goals and it'll go all the way up. And at the top, it'll say like a thousand dollars. Let's just say, I don't know the numbers. So a thousand is my vision. hundred is my small goals. And I'm going to color it in every time we get a hundred bucks towards that charity. And now I'm tracking, okay, we're at 300 bucks, man. We've only been doing this a week. Like, so that that's exactly, exactly what we're talking about. Those little funny thermometers, you see them all over the place until you're looking for them. Cause if I went out today, I probably wouldn't see one, but. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, if you think about it, that's just creating a small system. That's just a, a small, simple system to track those goals. And everyone else can see it too at the same time. That's the good part about it. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And, we, we, and then we know where we stand. But all right. So now we're going to move on. Have a plan to communicate your vision to others. When people of similar interests, come together and share a common vision, the collective energy automatically shoots up. All right. So uh, let's just say, for instance, with Ed and I, we, we have a common vision with the show and our, we feed off of each other. We, we feed out like ideas and is, you know, he'll say something about, like, Oh, that's a great idea. I love that. And I'll say something and he'll be like, no, that's stupid. And I'll be like, Oh yeah. But uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, we feed off each other and, we're able to kind of jet up and try to shoot up in progress or towards that vision. You know, uh, continue on what I wrote there is there's a sense of real commitment. And with focus on the shared vision, success means the same for everyone involved. Without clarity, your team will become unproductive and inefficient. With a clear destination, they can be focused and inspired. So that's, I mean, to me, that kind of sums up a lot of uh, what we've already talked about is having that that clear destination and and it's it's collective it's all you know if it's collective most of the time they're going to be able to feed off each other and the more you can feed off each other the better what do you think yeah so you know it'd be like you coming out and saying let's raise money 
and then you just leave. Uh, what are we raising money for? Why are we raising money? How do you want to do it? But if you come out and say, hey, we're going to raise money for autism awareness and we're going to have, let's look at maybe having a fish fry or a barbecue or something. Uh, Ed, I want you to kind of look at how we can do a fish fry and start planning with your team and Schmuggatelli. Let's look at uh, how we can go about doing some kind of car wash because we want to raise at least a thousand dollars this month for autism awareness. Bam. I mean, we're clear. We know what we want. You gave me a, you gave me a buy-in because you're like, Hey, this is your thing. The fish fry is Ed's. And then maybe me and Schmuggatelli have some little internal uh, competition. Oh, I'm going to make more money on my fish fry than you make on your car wash. Oh yeah. Well, let's see. You know what I mean? Like, is it bad for the organization to have a little friendly competition? No, because what's happened is Schmuggatelli raises a thousand dollars by itself and Ed wins by raising a thousand and one, but we still raise money and the, and the real winner would be the altruism awareness charity that we selected. So you gave us the vision, you gave us direction, you gave us buy-in by putting us in charge of a piece of the buy of it. And, and you didn't say, Ed, I want you to, plan the fish fry by calling the local veterans of foreign war establishment. And I want you to talk to this guy and I want you to do this. And I want you to cook this type of fish and I want you to use it. You didn't give me all that. You let me run with it. And then later I'll come back, back brief you and say, Hey, here's the plan. Here's the dates. Boom. Let's rock. Yeah. I mean, you, when you think about it, we, we, we used to do this all the time between you and I and Rick You'd, we'd sit in the office and we, you know, we would have to come up with something and we would, that's how we would do it. We'd bounce stuff around and we'd each run with our own little piece. And then we'd have this killer prod, you know, uh, uh, product in the end that allowed it, you know, to be successful. Uh, good old times, huh? Yeah. I miss them sometimes. <laughs> I miss them yeah, quite often. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just, it's that idea though. It's creating that collectivism that, that, that everyone's going to be a part of it. And the easiest way to do it is like earlier. And much like what you said, Ed, it's giving them the buy-in by allowing them to run with it. And, and then that, that creates that real commitment. All right. So last little piece before we uh, start closing down the show here, uh, be prepared to commit time and resources to the vision you established. Accomplishment of a vision does not just happen instantly and will take time to truly be relevant or taken seriously. As you start looking at the elements of your vision, you will begin to see that resources will be needed to accomplish what was stated. Create a plan of attack and then be prepared to deviate from the plan as needed because not all goes as planned. All right, so let's, let's talk about resources, all right? Resources are probably one of the commodities we take for granted and we don't realize are truly important. Um, and resources could be many things. They could be people. They could be uh, tangible things like maybe hardware or, or building equipment. Or it could be money. Um, it, could be, it could be ideas. I'll tell you right now, to have many ideas for a project is a resource in itself. Because now you have something to pick from. But if you don't have a lot of ideas for a project, then it's like, oh, well, this is, we have this one idea and that's it. And well, let's just go with that. And it's a horrible idea, right? Um, but it's being able to understand how to manage those resources and to use them intermittently where you need them. Because you, you, know, you may not need resources for a certain aspect of the project or the, 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 the goal um, associated with that vision. You may 
need to be able to interject a ton of resources just to get it off the ground. And then it, then it just turns into like autopilot and you don't need it so much, you know, and having that creative, uh, attack plan that is key with it because for the mere fact that if you don't know how to get started and what direction you're going, like we talked about the vision, then it's not, it's not going to work. You have to have some type of plan in place. It's not a, things don't go always as planned. Uh, I, I don't know if you remember a team Hannibal plan used to always together. say, I love it when a plan <laughs> comes together. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it was in the newer movies too, but I remember it in the old show a long time ago, but I always thought to myself, it's like, that sounds so great, but I don't know how many times that something could be planned out and it did not go exactly as planned. Now, the end state planned was met, but it didn't go exactly as planned. There was so much deviating in there and then using different resources and whatnot to, uh, to meet that vision of that plan. So, uh, but what, what are your thoughts, my man? Yeah. So first of all, Murphy is a thing. And, and every time you have the perfect plan, something's going to happen. There's no such thing as a plan. I, I can't think of probably one time that a plan went exactly the way it was laid out. You know, with us, we'll plan a range. All right, well, now it snows or then it rains or, you know, uh, I went to a range one time, got out there, skunk in the foxhole. So we can't shoot out of that. Fo- you know what I mean? Like, it's always something. But that's where that flexibility comes in. It's so important for a leader and an influencer to to be able to use, make a decision, right, and execute. So definitely uh, nothing goes according to plan. You have to be ready for that. And then the other thing, so I think resources, I think that's where our vision, our vision really gets important because if I have to get external resources, I need to let them know what my vision is for this. Why? Uh, why am I coming to you asking for blah, 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 whatever it is. Uh, you know, we had an organizational day and my, my wife went and got cornhole boards to run a tournament and she had to tell him, hey, we're hoping to have a cornhole tournament. And we're hoping to award this and this. And then you got to give them the what's in it for me. And then she says, well, we'll hand out your business cards at the event. That way, if somebody somebody asks about the boards, we'll give them a business card and maybe it'll help you. So now you got to buy in from that external resource. But if I go to them and say, hey, I need cornhole boards, that's probably not going to happen. That's just, it's too vague. There's no why. But if I go to them with a good, clear, concise vision statement like we've been talking about, that will help us with external resources, whether it's cornhole boards or, or uh, you know, whatever, a slip and slide for the kids or, you know, blow up castle for the kids, whatever it is in your organization and the particular resources you need. When you go external, that vision statement helps. Exactly, man. Exactly. And that's and that's the whole point behind it, though, is, you know, it's creating that that pathway. It's a pathway, but you don't have to take the, that exact pathway. Now let's, let's think about this. We need to probably go on the level of self before we try to implement to other people. And that kind of leads me to the task for this show. Um, not too long ago, we had a great episode by Ed and his wife. Um, and the task on that one, it was pretty cool, uh, was basically you had to tell us who your favorite band was but you can only do it through pictures and it was a picture of a band <laughs> i thought you know that was i thought it was a pretty good idea um and it was kind of cool to see different pictures of just the band itself um something like that we need to be able to work on 
our own vision of self, all right? And what this is, is I got this idea, um, and I talked with Ed about it earlier. Uh, I got this idea from uh, the Bearded Ninja and, the, and, uh, and Rebecca Ward, people that used to work with us, uh, to create what's called a vision board. Now, I had nev- I'd never heard of a vision board itself until those two, they, they told me about it. And basically, it's, it's a dynamic tool used to help us you know, set a vision and, and constantly be reminded of what that vision is, right? So it's really what we expect of ourselves and what we desire to reach or to gain or you know, what we want from the future. Um, there's a really good website. I'm going to put that in the show notes, but you can find it. It's on HuffPost.com. Um, it's the scientific reasoning, reason why. Uh, it's scientific. Here it is. The reason vision boards work and how to make one. That is where you're going to find information on how to make a vision board. All right? So one of the key things, Ed, earlier, before we get any further, Ed, you mentioned something earlier about vision boards to me, right? Yeah, I Remember? think that maybe a lot of listeners – already do this without realizing it like your vision board board may be on your refrigerator right now it may be at your desk right now um a lot of people they put pictures of their family and their loved ones and significant like events up in front of their desk their work area or you have them all over your fridge right you have that drawing that somebody did for you or or you know one of your kids did or in my case we don't have kids but we do have drawings on the board from other people's children and that, that's your vision because really a vision board is going to um, it's going to impact your feeling, how you feel or how you want to feel. So, for instance, my wife and I, we took pictures. Uh, let's think of a recent one. Well, we, yeah, we went to Verdun recently and we took pictures at the memorial, but we had a great day. And so a picture like that at my desk, that picture and I look up that could take me back to that moment and, and get that feeling of, of good feeling back for you for a moment. Maybe you're having a difficult day or whatever. And you can get that feeling back simply by having a board with different things that inspire good feelings in you. And, and we do it now. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. It's, it's basically creating that, you know, so when you go to, you know, you check out that website that I talked about, uh, basically it's through HuffPost, but it's reason, the reason vision boards work and how to make one. And it goes through some really good details of how to make your own vision board. Um, and, and then you can also, you know, you could probably Google vision board and see what it is. Now, there, there are some some key individuals out there that, uh, you know, multimillionaires type situation who've created great businesses and they use vision boards. Um, they've and they continue to use vision boards to help their their business grow. And, you know, so, for instance, one of the cool things that I saw, like when I when with Rick's and and, uh, and Rebecca's is there's was sectioned off. Right. So it wasn't just one big vision board. Actually, they basically drew like a big line down the middle horizontally and the line in the middle vertically. And each section was like maybe a certain aspect of life. One may to be might be. Um, family another one might be work another one would be school another one would be uh recreational time and then they would take and you cut out pictures or words that you want to associate to what your vision of the future should be like for those areas and then you put them in there you know like say maybe one of them's a material thing and you just cut out a picture of a ferrari or a lamborghini and you pop that on there and that's like that's a goal now is that an achievable 
goal for right now. Well, not for everybody. Not everybody has that, has Ferrari money. So, but it's <laughs> re- <laughs> but it's realizing okay. So this is a goal that I want, and every time you see it, you know, hey, this is where I'm working towards. Um, I saw a good, uh, a really cool little documentary one time about uh, Conor McGregor. You know, he's a fighter who who um, in the MMA that he he would visualize things of what he wanted. And I, we've, I've talked about it before on the show, but basically like he would visualize, I want to be able to, I want to be able to do so well off that I'm driving a convertible Bentley, um, down the coast of California while, and he was, he was visualizing this while driving a beater car back in Ireland type thing. Right. So those visualizations, they helped get him through. Now, he kept those mental. He didn't do a physical one. But sometimes it's nice to have, like, that physical picture somewhere. All right, so the goal here is for you to create a, a small vision board of your own. If you, already, if you already do this, great. Now you get to share it. But what we're going to do is the task is that you take a picture of that vision board that you've created. So make sure it's not completely personal. It's, you know, something you want to share with others. And take a picture and then add it to the the task uh, for this episode. For for this particular episode, it, it, it'll say, "What's your vision board look like?" All right, and that will be what we're looking for. Uh, with that, Ed, do you have anything left about this vision episode uh, and and how we how we uh, develop it and deploy it? No, um, you were talking about Conor McGregor, which was interesting, and I think we've talked about that before. And the other thing is like, um, you know, there's actual, so when you read that article that Brian told you about, the listeners read it, there's actual scientific proof that weightlifters have had some of the same reactions while successfully lifting a weight as they do about visualizing a weight. There's some scientific evidence to that because that's one of the first things I was ever taught when you lift weights is to envision it going up and down. Like you lift it, easy um and that, i think i talked about that on the other episode so vision you know having a vision and even a mental vision board uh is important so i mean yeah i think it was a let me think about it yeah it was a good episode brian not bad um yeah i appreciated your vision when you discussed this episode with me and i think uh <laughs> i think we've we've brought your vision to light i hope oh well, it's not just mine i think it's a i like to think of it as collective uh but yeah in theory, it's a it's a collective. But in, initially, I'm not taking credit. Initially, it was your idea, your vision. You told it to me in a clear, concise manner, and you got buy-in from me. And now here we are, uh, wrapping it up. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, sort of wrapping it up. I hope we're not wrapping it up for good. <laughs> no, yeah. just this episode. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So I want you to think about that, listeners. Think about your vision. Think about your vision board that you want to create for self. Um, and let's get that posted. Um, and, and see where we go with this. And you may ask yourself, well, how does that vision board for self help me for a group? Well, don't you think it could help if you did one as a group together? Um, or if you created a vision off of one of those by creating that of where you want the organization to go, it gives you a, a picture, a mental uh, image of that what you want from it. If you remember back in the Give, Men- the Give Method, we talk about creating a mental picture um, or creating that, that uh, a mental picture in your mind that you are going to reach. All right. So with that, uh, I have nothing else. um, And I hope everyone has a great day. Remember, 
instinctiveinfluencers.com is our website. You can check us out um, on Facebook, just 101 Influence. Uh, you could also check us out on Twitter and Instagram, both 101 Influence. And then you can each check, you can check uh, Ed and I each out on LinkedIn to kind of you know get a grasp of who we are, you know, on the professional side. Uh, but I we encourage you to reach out, let us know what your thoughts are, and you know, kind of um, be a part of this, be a part of this movement. Uh, we're we're a few episodes in now, quite a few episodes in now. We're we're almost at yes. Um, <laughs> we're, well, recording wise, we're probably at about a half a year's worth of recording, maybe a little bit more. But you know. Actually, I think we're a little bit more than a half a year's worth of recording. Uh, but just, hey, keep with it. Give us, uh, give us your thoughts, your ideas, whatever it is you want you know, to talk about. But um, other than that, I have nothing else about vision. My vision is that we end this show successfully today, this episode, uh, and then uh, pick up with the next one. So with that, I am Brian. And I am Ed. And this has been the Instinctive Influencers Podcast. Thank you very much. Have a great day.